Hello again from the Sustainability Podcast. This is Suraj Bhatia. As promised in a previous episode, I'm going to give my commentary on uh, the recently concluded climate conference, global climate conference in Egypt, otherwise known as COP27. So COP27 was held in the town of Sharm el-Sheikh. It's a seaside resort town in the country of Egypt. First of all, there were a few observations leading up to the actual event. Sharm el-Sheikh is not exactly the easiest place in the world to get to. So whoever attended had to make several connections, at least one connection, maybe two, to uh, to travel and reach uh, the town. So I suspect that put a little bit of initial damper onto the conference. Second, there were some initial concerns about security uh, and uh, safety in the town. But I think after the first day or two, those were quickly dispelled. Third, why the choice of Egypt? I think Egypt was very appropriate considering that the previous COP was held in Scotland, in Glasgow. It was time to um, shift the venue to a country that um, was more in the Southern Hemisphere. Anyway, uh, the COP 27 was well attended and initially there were many concerns whether an agreement would even be reached. There was also some discussion about whether these COPs should be held every year or every other year. But you see, there's an urgency to the whole situation. If you have to achieve a 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming, you have to stay on top of it. You have to continue the discussion. You have to continue to come up with compromises. And while initially it looked like COP27 would fail because it was so soon after Glasgow and also also because it was difficult in reaching an agreement, at the very last moment, there was a significant breakthrough. Now, what exactly was that? Remember, initially, one of the goals of COP27 was to achieve an equitable way of solving the problems of developing and emerging economies, which were unjustly feeling the effects of climate change because of actions of developed economies, which were essentially consuming more, polluting more, burning more energy, traveling more by planes, have more industries, and so on. So finally, there was a recognition. And the main achievement or the main breakthrough of COP27 was the establishment of a loss and damage fund. Now, what exactly does that mean? The loss and damage fund is meant to help deal with loss and damage, typically in the developing and emerging economies, due to climate events, which arguably are caused by developed economies. 
So there was a key agreement in which different parties signed to this the establishment of this loss and damage fund. Now, details need to be worked out, how it's going to be funded, how much, where, where the money is coming from, how much will come from each developed economy, and so on. But the most important thing is that there was sign-off on the creation of such a loss and damage fund. As everyone knows, for instance, in the country of Pakistan, there were unprecedented uh, floods this year. And that's an example of an event that could use a loss and damage fund. One other side note is what's going on in the country of Indonesia. Uh, there is a, a climate fund in the process of being set up. And Indonesia seems to be the first country that's going to be using the climate fund. The reason for the use of proceeds of this fund is to do an early retirement of coal-fired plants and to replace them with non-fossil plants such as geothermal, which Indonesia has plenty of, and as well as wind and solar. So that's another interesting item that's happening on the side. So to conclude, the creation of a loss and damage fund and the sign-off of a loss and damage fund by parties to COP27 is a big step forward. We will continue to see, we will continue to track the progress of this last loss and damage fund. So until next time, thanks for listening and namaste.